Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. 44 years, married 44 years, and just got a lot of truth when it comes to family. Four kids, how many grandkids? Three great, three grandkids. And just excited. So come on, would you give it up for Pastor Robert Cameron as he blesses us today. Good morning. Hey, be married 44 years. 37 were great. How you doing, guys? Well, Philip, thanks for having me come. I know it's my, my, my family, but I don't, I'm not here because I'm family. I'm here because they, 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 I'm privileged to be here because I know this pulpit is sacred and they have only people in this pulpit that are going to speak into the heart of the church and I'm thrilled to be here today. Now, you're used to foreign accents, obviously. So you'll attune yourself to my, to my accent in a few minutes. I talk the heavenly language. We say that because it's no earthly use. It's so good to be in an encounter today, and I see all the developments you're doing, the things you're doing, and I'm excited for you. How many know God's had great things for an encounter? And uh, yeah, and, uh, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to, to just challenge you, to inspire you to go to the next level, to do something, even greater things for God. Because how many, how many know we never just settle, we always go for more. We always go for more. And I believe the Lord has sent me here today with a word of encouragement about family. A word of encouragement to you to never give up on your family. Never, 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 never give up. Amen? So listen, if you want to get the best out of me, I want to hear an amen. amen. Or I want to get a, can I feel you, Pastor? Now I know I'm in the south here, so you can do that one well. You go up north, I feel you. But over here, I, yeah, praise God. <laughs> I'm going to talk on family today. And I want to just share this. This is nothing got to do. But I want to share this. It's a funny thing. This lady calls our pastor at three o'clock in the morning. Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I can't sleep. The pastor says, "Neither can I." <laughs> like, do Philip a favor. Don't call him at three in the morning. Just wait till eight o'clock. I remember years ago, my dad, my, his best friend, passed away at one in the morning. So my dad, who was a pastor, thought he'd do the great thing and call the undertaker or the funeral director at two, one in the morning. So he called him up and got him out of bed. He said, what? He said, my friend's died. He said, well, just wait. Can you not just wait till 9? Because when the place is open, there's nothing we can do tonight. Can you call me back at 9 o'clock? So remember that when you think you're not feeling great, I'm going to call the pastor at 3. No, just wait until 9. He's probably up at 6.30 or 7, so just call him then. But anyway, you know, God wants us not to be so, 
so-so, not just settle for the good, because the good is always the enemy of the best. Amen? So I'm going to read something I picked up the other day. It's got nothing to do with what I'm preaching. Well, it kind of has, because if we're going to believe for our families, we're not going to be half-hearted about it. We're not going to be so-so about it, come see, come saw. If we're going to believe for our families, we're going to believe with all of our hearts, with all of our might, with all of our souls. Can I hear an amen? Because we're talking about life and death. But see, here's what happens to people that are just floating around in the comfort zone. This is why. Number one, lack of hunger. Roger Kipling, the poet, said, if you don't get what you want, it is a sign that you did not seriously want it or that you tried to bargain over the price. Number two, unwillingness to sacrifice. When you begin thinking that you can get something for nothing, you find it harder and harder to do something. You have to think on that one. Number three, lack of confidence. I don't think I can comes from I don't think I am. How many know you can? How many know this morning, you can pray for your families? How many know you can see your family saved? Amen? Number four, struggling with personal issues. Issues. People who have a hard time taking off when they're weighted down by a lot of emotional... People who have a hard time taking off when they're weighed down with a lot of emotional baggage. Number five, too much time spent on trivia. Activity is not necessarily accomplishment. Don't keep busy doing busy work. Number six, lack of creativity. It has been said, if you don't ask why this, often enough, someone will ask why you. Good leaders ask the questions. And I believe in counter church is not just a church of people. It's not just a church of sheep. But I believe Pastor Philip is raising up a church of leaders. A leader church. Our church in Virginia Beach is a leader church. We're raising leaders that's going to take this nation and the world by storm. Are you with me? And you are some of those leaders here today. So be creative. Living off yesterday, the good old days. How many know the good old days weren't as good as you remember them? You feel me? No, we'll look back with, with and, I, and I have this thing, and Peterhead is the town I came from, and I have it on my Facebook, Peterhead, then and now. And you look back and see all the old buildings, and they're kind of nostalgic, but I'm far better off today than I was 30 years ago. I drive a better car today than I did 30 years ago. Are you with me? You feel me? This is, these are great, great days. So living, don't live off yesterday. If the past was great to you, then you probably haven't done enough today. This is little nuggets for you. And finally, past failures. Just because you have failed in the past doesn't mean you are a failure. Everybody fails. Everybody fails. How do you, how do you eat an ice cream? That's how a baby learns to eat ice cream. And when you delay a battle, you delay the victory. Don't put off tomorrow what's going to be done today. Are you with me today? I'm going to share out of Hebrews 11 and 7. And, uh, you know, I've shared some of this before. And it's funny because I struggled with this. And uh, I thought, you know, I've shared this before several years ago. But, and and I've, I, not at all. I've, I've, I've updated my thoughts. But then I was reading Philippians 3 in the message. And listen to what it said. That's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> and I thought, 
That's a word to me. I'm going to share some of this. Some of you have maybe heard it before. Most of you haven't. But I, what I want to share is something that's going to change your life and is going to make you stand and, and stand up and not be comfortable, not be in the so-so group. We're, we're more than conquerors. Are you with me today? And it's in first, verse, Hebrews 11, verse 7. It goes like this. But, now, let me ask you a question. What, where's the countdown? Is it 34? Is that the countdown? 34, 21. Good, because this old eyes had a, had a hard time seeing that right now. I'm 55 after all. You know, you don't. I'm not. <laughs> By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, that means respect built an ark to save his family. And you know why we're here today? You know why we're worshiping today? We know why we're, we're singing. We're, how we get up in the, we're, we're building an ark to save our family. And I'm telling you, this is a message that's going to inspire you to believe for your families, not just your family members, but your friends and your neighbors, because I believe God wants to save you and your house, you and your family. Are you with me? Yeah. In the Old Testament, God is interested in families, because in the Old Testament, he dealt with 12 tribes. Well, tribe is just another name for family, a clan. It's hardly the word clan, the Scottish word for family. Twelve tribes, it, it, all through the Old Testament, a lot of it is, is, is dealt with twelve tribes, twelve families. God's a family man. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sounds like a family man to me, isn't he? So if God's interested in families, and God wants to save your family. He's, and, and, and Joshua chapter 6, the story of Rahab the harlot. She, she's in Jericho, and she hides the spies, and the order is given from the, from the children of Israel, whatever you do, she and her family are going to be saved. Are you with me? So when they came to destroy Jericho, the Bible says only Rahab and all that were in her house were saved. There's a theme. Are you getting the theme a little bit today? In Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus and all that was in his house were saved. Say, I feel you. Say it with passion. Praise God. In Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that Cornelius and all his house were saved. No, well, that's right. I feel you. We're saved. I was looking for we're saved. All his house were saved. Are you, are you getting the theme today? Cornelius and all his house. Listen, in Acts chapter 10, 44, the, the, uh, 16 rather, the Philippian jailer. Somebody said the Philippian jailer. And all his family were saved. Are you getting the drift today? And God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that delivered Rahab and her family, the same God that delivered Cornelius and his family, the same God that delivered Zacchaeus and his family, and the Philippian jailer and his family, is the same God that's here today. And he sent me to tell you, as for you and your house, and all that is in your house will be saved. Can I get a feel you? Believe it possible, prepare for it, and see it come to pass. Never say they will never get saved. Because with that attitude, they never will get saved. Your words are powerful. You look at your family. You look at, you look at the toughest ones. And, and you believe God, hey, they will get saved. I see them. I believe it. They're not there yet. They don't see it, but I see it. As parents, we see it, and I see them saved. I see them serving God. I see them worshiping God. 
You see, to get in the hall of faith, Hebrews 11, that's the great hall of faith that uh, us preachers call it, you had to be exceptional. You had to be different. You had to be a winner. And Nelson Mandela said, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. How many winners do we have today? How many dreamers do we have today? People that with dreams that we're not going to give up on. Dreams that we're going to see our family saved. Dreams that we're going to see our neighbors saved. I've got a bunch of neighbors and, and uh, just uh, like uh, 50 neighbors in my, in my group, the, the suburb. And I'm praying for every one of them. And I talk to them and they know who I am. You invite them to Easter services. Some of them have come. And, uh, but I'm never going to give up. Not only a family. It wants your neighbors saved. That neighbor that you don't even like. How many has got a neighbor they don't, you don't like? I've got one. I've got one right out the back of my house. And so help me if that woman has tried my patience more than once. But here's the thing. A soft answer turns away wrath. I got up one morning, it was six months ago, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, you're going to win that neighbor. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a trial for you. You're going to win that neighbor. That's a goal to go for. And man, I, I don't see her often, but the other day I was out in the yard, and, I, and she was busy, and she wasn't going to look at me, but I looked at her. And I said, how are you doing, honey? And I, th- I started talking, I thought, okay, that's the first seed. Let that seed settle, and we'll see some more in another three months. <laughs> how many know it's hard to love unlovable people? But my goal is to see that woman and her family saved. Are you with me today? So you've got to be a winner. You've got to be exceptional. In Hebrews 11, in verse 11, Abraham believed God that he could make it, he could be fruitful in his old age. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Don't you think you're too old to win people to Jesus? Don't leave it to the young people. And sometimes we've kind of... We've kind of do that oh, through, through, through the years. We've left, we've said, well, the young people can do that. They can have the outreach. or They can do this. And not. There's something about experience. Thank God for the young people. Thank God for the youth. And man, I encourage them all I can. But God hasn't finished with us yet. God wants us. I, Abraham was over 100. And God said, hey, I've got news for you, Abe. You've got a family coming down the road. And in your, in your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Let me tell you, older ones today, those over 50, older, I said. I didn't say old, older. Imagine somebody yesterday said to me, are you Philip's dad? I mean, can you believe that? (laughs) Can you believe I'm old enough to be Philip's dad? I am actually, yes, (laughs) because my twins are 40, (laughs) and he's 42, plus tax. (laughs) Joseph is in the Hall of Fame because he gave commands about his bones. Joseph's an interesting guy. You know, he was going to die. He said, look, I'm going to die. But I, he said to his boys, look, I want you to promise me. I want, when I die, take my bones out of Egypt, and I want you to take my bones and plant them in the place God has promised us. And I often wonder about that. I wonder if, Moses, if Joseph had a faith in him that maybe one day God could resurrect him in the, in the promised land where he was supposed to be. So don't settle for less. Settle for the best. Are you with me? There's more. Don't, 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 don't worry about where you are. Go for where you, where you want to go. 
And Moses is, is called, a, he's in the hall of faith because he refused to be called the son of the, the, the Egyptians. Because he knew who he was. And all through history, we've had people that have tried to destroy families. In the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 4, right in the beginning of the scripture, we have a family that's dysfunctional. Now, if you have a dysfunctional family, and every one of you have, <laughs> the only family I thought I've ever seen that was not dysfunctional was the Waltons. <laughs> good night, John boy. Good night, Dad. Good night. Good night, huh? <laughs> and they were a fictional family. A fictitious family. We all got dysfunctions. How many of you got dysfunctions? How many ever argue with your wife? How many argue with your husband? How many of how many of you how many of you here this, this morning have offended your wife? Get your hand up for goodness sake. How many you can take it down now because you're gonna get beaten after her? How many here this morning your wife's offended you? My wife has offended me. I would say my wife has offended me a thousand times. My wife. 44 years together. That's not bad over a 44-year period, but a thousand times. I could raise it to maybe 10,000. But how many times have I offended Margaret? A hundred thousand times. Because men are stupid. But the truth is, we've never left the marriage. Are you with me? We've never left. We've never given up. We've ne- we, we're, we know we're dysfunctional, we, but we're, a, we're a, a process. We're in a process. So the first family in the Garden of Eden, here they are. Everything's hunky-dory. Everything's going well. And then the two boys bring a sacrifice. God looked good on one of them in Cain's offering, and he didn't look so good on Abel's offering. Now, how many know that even though he didn't look good on Abel's offering, it didn't stop Abel from being part of God's plan? But he could bend out of shape, and he killed his brother. And he was warned about it. God said, hey, sin is crouching at your door. Watch what you're doing. Think. But he killed his brother. And right there for you and I to see, in the first family, the family is destroyed because of the work of the enemy. When the children of Israel are in Egypt, they're hard-pressed. And all of a sudden, the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh, a king, who didn't recognize Joseph. There arose a Pharaoh who didn't recognize Joseph, Exodus 1. And it's an amazing thing because even though they were in slavery, even though they had to make bricks with and find even their own straw and more straw to make their own bricks with, the Bible says that they multiplied. They multiplied. See, the blessing of the Lord is on you, even though you feel as though you're going through a bad time, even though, you're going th- even though you, you, find, you find yourself in a hole, the blessing of God is still on you. And the Bible says that he multiplied them, and they began to grow and then grow. But the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh who didn't recognize Joseph, didn't listen to Joseph's contract, uh, Pharaoh, the other Pharaoh's contract, and Joseph. And, it, and he looked and he saw them multiplied, so he sent out an order, kill all the baby boys. Kill all the baby boys. The boys are your production. And what the devil's trying to do is kill the production of God's people. He's out there all the time trying to kill the production of the kingdom, kill the production of the church. He's trying to kill and counter church many times, but how many know he cannot do it? Because God is faithful and the blessing of the Lord is still on us. 
We may go through hard times. We may go, we may go through sifting times. But the truth is the blessing of the Lord is on us. And we will, we will keep on going as just what we do. Because winners are dreamers that have never given up. Are you with me? All through the Old Testament. In the New Testament, when Jesus is born, the Magi went to see the king. And they said, we're here to worship the newborn king. And he said, really? Where is he? I thought, I'm in charge here. No, no, we're here. The newborn king, we follow the star. He said, well, I'll tell you what. You go and, you go and find out where he is and, and come back and tell me, and I'll go and worship him too. <laughs> Hardy, har, har. <laughs> but the angel warned him they never came back. And so he sent a command out, kill all the baby boys. And once again in the New Testament, the devil's out to destroy the family. The devil's out to destroy the family. But listen, if the devil is out to destroy your family, God is out to save your family. God has always had a person or and a man or a woman who would stand in the gap and say, hey, you're not going to destroy them anymore. He's always had a pastor. He's always had a pastor's wife. He's always had people that would stand in the gap and say, enough is enough. You're not going to stop us. You're not going to destroy us. It maybe looks like it, but everything does as not as it seems. He's always had the... Uh, People like the Wesley brothers, Jonathan Edwards, and Charles Spurgeon, and Billy Graham, and, and the, the great relevant churches we have today, Encounter Church. We're here for a purpose. Are you with me? A purpose, Encounter Church. Never think you're just here because it's a nice church. You're here for a purpose. God has, put you, God has sent you here. And the Bible says in Psalm that you do, they that are planted in the house. You've got to get planted. You've got to get, that's why you volunteer. That's why you, you come in. You've got to get planted in the house, shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. And God has brought you here to encounter, to be challenged, to be inspired, to catch this part of your vineyard and get, to see people come to know Jesus and to get your family. He sent you all the way here today. And he sent me all the way here to let you know you're here because you want to see your family saved. I feel you. So what are you doing to build for your families? The word build is a Greek word, kataskiwazo. It means to prepare or to make arrangements. To prepare or make arrangements. Why are we here today? Why did Cindy come in this morning? I happen to know Cindy's name. Why did Cindy and her sister come in this morning, set up the coffee shop, so when you guys come in, you can have a fine cup of coffee? Why was the guys in practicing their music this morning? Why were the guys in doing this and that and the other? Why? Why did I get up at 6.30 this morning? No, boss, boss, basically because Pastor Philip said, I'll pick you up at seven. <laughs> but why? Why do we volunteer? Why do we, why do we, why do we volunteer? We just had a, a, a devoted conference in our church in, 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 in March with 500 volunteers. Some people took, off their, took a week off their work to volunteer for the conference. Any given Sunday, we have 200 volunteers. Why? We're building. We're building. I was brought up in church. I cut my teeth in the back of a pew. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I carved my initials in the back of a few pews as well. But I... <laughs> Keep it real. That's right. I feel you. And, uh, you know, I, I would be sitting in church. And man, we're not, we were to church now. We were in church five nights a week. I mean, those were the days, my friend. I thought they'd never end. <laughs> Aren't you glad your service is only one or 20 minutes now, or one or 30, whatever it is? If Philip goes long, one or 35. 
How many know Philip, Pastor Philip goes long every now and again? That's the pastor's privilege. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> but why? You see, I was brought up in church, and, and my friends were out playing soccer and out in the streets in the beautiful summer nights in Scotland. But here was I stuck in church five nights a week because my mom and dad were building for the saving of their family. Because chances are, if I wasn't there all these nights, maybe I wouldn't be here today. In fact, I have lots of, my, I have lots of cousins that never were made to come to church, but they're nowhere to be seen today. Why? Because we're building. We're building. See, I'm building. We're building for the saving of our family. Here's several thoughts on to, to help you build. Find a good, healthy church and attend regularly. If you are sporadic, your kids will be sporadic. You know, it's a fact. I was reading something recently. It says that the trend in churches now is people come once a month. They call them once a monthers. That's amazing. That's a trend, once a month. And I know there's people in our church. That's, when, that's how I see them, once a month. And you can, you, can, you can just depend on this particular Sunday they're going to be here because they were here four weeks ago. <laughs> you never build on once a monthers. Are you with me? You've got to build on people that are flourish in the house, people that are planted in the house. Number two, take your family on the journey with you. Just don't do it yourself. Take your family on the journey. Keep them involved. Be, be excited. I know, I mean, I'm looking through the different departments you have here, the kids and this and that and the other. It's awesome. Get them involved and, and, and make, it, make it easy for them. Don't be legalistic. Be flexible with your kids. You know, I was brought up, I was brought up in a pretty good church. I was brought up in a very good church, but up until I was 10, we, I was brought up in a pretty legalistic church. And it's pretty legalistic, though. You know, I couldn't wear a dress. And uh, <laughs> just checking to see if you're listening, that's all I was doing. But you know, we couldn't buy on a Sunday. We could not buy anything on a Sunday. No, the truth is, the kids bought something. We always bought something because we did it in the, behind the scenes. But we, we couldn't be, buy anything on a Sunday. Buy food. We couldn't even buy food on a Sunday. Unless you were at a town at a conference or something. This is some screw. And you think, where do these rules come from? You know, but thank God when I was about 10 years old, our church got set free and free of that legalism. And we, we began to see that that's not what it's about. That's about your heart and your soul. Are you with me today? Make a church a fun experience. Great worship. Great kids' church. Make friends in church. Because if you do, your kids will. Are you with me? If you, don't like, if you don't make friends in church, they'll just follow in your footsteps. We all have different strokes. Different folks, different strokes. We all build in different ways. Noah, Noah had to build a big ship to save his family. Joseph had to build big storerooms to, to save his family when they had a, a, a famine. Moses' mother put, built a little small ark of bulrushes to save her boy. To save her boy. But we're all going to build one way. We're going to build by faith. Are you with me? By faith. So how do you build an ark? Let me get it to you. You build an ark one plank at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I don't know if elephant is good or not, but I mean, that's how you eat it. I've, I've eaten a lot of things in my life. I've never had an elephant just yet. I've had crocodile legs. I've had, uh, you know, Toad legs, or whatever you call them. What do you call them? Frog legs, yes. 
I'm not from Louisiana. Forgive me. I'm from the... <laughs> so you build an ark, a plank at a time. So here's several planks. If you're taking notes, here's several planks we're going to build by and we're going to finish. Number one, the plank of prayer. Pray for your family. Prayer is not the only thing we should do. Are you listening? It's the first thing you should do. Prayer is not the only thing we should do, but it's certainly the first thing we could do. Pray for the, the hardest nuts in your family. How many of you got some hard nuts in your family? Everybody lift your hand. You can pray for the soft nuts in your family. You can pray for them too. Because let's never give up. Listen to this. Never let the size of your giant determine the size of your God. The harder the head, the bigger the hammer. If, the rock, if you follow the rock, you, 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 it's good. If, if the rock falls at you, you'll be crushed. If we ask God to send out the hound of heaven to go after that sister, that brother, that mother, that co- are you with me? Are you getting me? Are you feeling me today? If we, if the, we, we put, put them out of that hard one, Lord. Get that hard one. That's, that's a trophy. That's a trophy. That's a nine-pointer for those for the hunting guys. Prayer. And pray for ourselves. You know, it's an amazing thing. We, we pray for everybody else. But we sometimes don't pray for ourselves. I was going down to speak for an ex-pastor of mine, and he was sick. And on my way down, I felt the Holy Spirit said, no, we shouldn't pray for him. So I went in, and he wasn't in the service. He was sick. So I did a service, and after the service, I said to Joyce, no, I want to pray for Wally. And I just feel I should pray. And so I went over to pray for him, and he kind of laughed. Now, he didn't laugh and laugh like, oh, I don't believe in that. He just laughed that I would want to pray for him. And I looked at him. You know, when you're on a mission, you're focused. It doesn't matter if the laugh or not. If you're on a mission, you're going to get that mission fulfilled. Are you with me? You know when God speaks to you. Because when God speaks to you, it's usually not about your selfish thought. When God speaks to you, it's usually about other people. And I said to Wally, listen, I said, I know you're laughing, but I'm going to pray for you. You were my pastor at one time, but I'm going to pray for you because he's very sick. And uh, I said, God spoke to me to pray for you. So I prayed for him, and God healed him. But the truth is, when we pray, don't we pray for everybody else. We pray for the far-flung fields of China. We pray for Uganda. We pray for all these different places. Well, why don't you start, meanwhile, back at the ranch, as they say in America. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. You feel me? Pray for Johnny. Pray for Jeannie. Pray for Cindy. That's a name I know. Pray for Kelly. Pray for Ricky. Pray for Dawn. Are you with me today? Go after prayer. Number one plank. Pray. Are you getting something of this today? Now, in the second part of the service, the second service, I'm going to touch on a little bit of my family. And if, if you can't stay, you should stay because, it's good. honestly, it'll touch your heart. We, this is family weekend. And by the time we leave here, we're going to see families come to know Jesus. We're going to, we're going to, see, we're going to believe for all our families to be saved. Number two, believe God's word. If God said it, 
I believe it. And that settles it. If he says your family can be saved, your family can be saved. It's not his will that any should perish. It's not his will that Jeannie should perish. It's not his will that Rick should perish. Are you with me? God wants every family member to be saved. He wants all your friends to be saved. Believe God's word. Noah had never seen an ark before. He didn't know what an ark was. But he went ahead and obeyed God, and he never saw it. He just went ahead and obeyed God, and God delivered him and his family, and all the rest of the world was drowned. Just believe in faith. Sometimes you don't, have, you don't see to believe. You believe to see. See, we go by sight, the world, but the Bible says we go by faith. By faith, Abraham, look for a city whose builder and maker was God. Are you with me today? It's God's will. No, I'd never seen an ark. You and Joshua chapter 6, you and your house shall be saved. Number three, perseverance. Never give up. It's not what you see, it's what you sow. You can look today, and you don't see what you want to see. But perseverance, never, never give up. Remember when Nehemiah went to build the temple, and the, the, the son Balat and, and, and the guys came around and, and they started belittling him. I think I preached on, can God use burn stones last time? It's a, it's a scripture, you know. And they said, can they build in a day? We're not here for a day. We just, we, we, we're here for the long haul. And everybody could, it's easy to do a 100-yard dash. But we're here for the marathon. Are you with me today? Some of your friends, you haven't, you've been praying for some of your family for years, and you haven't seen a move yet. But God sent this Scotsman along to tell you, don't give up. Never give up. Perseverance. Perseverance. We have to be just as determined to see our family saved as the devil is determined to have them. Well, I'll say that again, Phil. We have to be just as determined to see our family saved as the devil is determined to have them. And how many know he's determined to have your family? He's determined to have your kids. He's he's determined to have your grandma and your grandpa. Are you with me? But we should be just as determined. Because the word of God says, you and your house. You feel me? See, the de- we, we've got to understand, the devil and his crew, they sit back in their heels when they see a determined mama. Are you with me? When they see a determined father. When they see a determined daughter praying for our family. When they see a determined son praying for our family. I have an older brother, he's 71, but he, my older brother was like the... He was the reckless one of the family. I mean, he, what he didn't do isn't worth talking about. He could write a story. In fact, in fact, when I was a young boy, I was a goody-goody two-shoes. And when they asked me to testify when I was a young teenager, I used to give his testimony because his more exciting than mine. <laughs> my mother got up every morning and said, Devil, you'll never get my son. You'll never get my son. You know, this? he was 40 years old. Until he gave his, really gave his life to Jesus. And now he lives in the Philippines and he, he helps kids, feed kids in the Philippines. Why? Because our mother never gave up. Never. Men are always to pray. 
but and, it can't, and the Bible says man, but it's everybody. People all, always should pray and never give up. You know why? Because it's always darkest before the dawn. Just when you think it's not going to happen, all of a sudden the light breaks through and a glimmer shines in. Are you with me? Number four, sowing into the kingdom. That's a plank. Sowing into the kingdom. Because where your treasure is, uh, that's right. Thank you very much. She said it so much better. The Bible doesn't say where your heart is, your treasure will follow. No, the, very, the scripture is very, very specific on it. Where your treasure is. See, the next time you're given an offering, and the offering's taken up this morning so I could speak free. The next time you're given an offering, you're beginning to sweat. The next time an offering is taken, I want you to give with all your heart, and I want you to give it an assignment. Give it your offering an assignment. I'm giving this today because I want Paul to be saved. You know, it's, it's scriptural. Because the Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. When Jesus came, he was given an assignment to destroy the works of the evil one. And you, when you give, when you give your tithes and your offerings every Sunday, just realize, it's a, give your seed an assignment. As you pay your tithe, as you pay your gift, just remember that you're sowing to put a nail in the devil's coffin. Are you with, are you with me? Sow your time. Sow your time. Pastor Phillips asked you today about volunteers for next Saturday. Come on. Let's shock him. All you guys, it's a woman's day. All you guys, let's shock Pastor Philip next week and blow his mind to all the guys that turn up to help. Are you with me? Can you feel me? That's a pretty poor one just now. I'm going to ask you again. All you guys come up next Saturday. Let's hear it. It's 10 o'clock. It's not that early. You know what I'm saying? You can have your breakfast before you come. Sow your prayers. Sow your ideas. If you're creative, get in the creative class. And, and so, no, let me tell you something. Sometimes ideas are not good for the minute, but there's not such a thing as a bad idea. A plank at a time. Are you with me? Here's another plank. Commitment. I'm going to rush because time's going up. Commitment. It took Noah 100 years to build, over 100 years to build the ark. I've already said it. We're not here for the 100-yard dash. We're here for the long haul. Webster Dictionary took 23 years to come on the shelf. It takes a long haul. I just read something the other day. 80% of Americans do not like escargot. Snails. You you know why? They prefer fast food. (laughs) That's so corny. I I, I just had to let you know there's a corny side to me as well. Never give up. So, so, are you with me? Commitment, commitment. Listen, number six, faith. Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, if the vision tarry, wait for it. It'll surely come to pass. If you don't see it right away, keep believing. Faith, and I'm rushing. I know the time's going out here. Listen to what Martin Luther King said. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. Uh, can I hear an amen? Faith is going, taking the first step, even though you don't see the staircase. 
Abraham obeyed God, even although it seemed he was losing his promise when he went away to stab that boy. You know something? That, that ram was there all the time. He just didn't see it. God has a way of hiding things from you until you're really ready to plunge and do the, what he's asked you to do. And then he'll stop and say, hey, no need to do that. You prove yourself. Here's your, your, your family's going to be intact. And finally, the plank of hope. Hope. Hope springs eternal. We have an anchor. Luke, a Hebrew said, we have an anchor. An anchor of hope. We sang it. We have a hope. His name is, hope has a name. His name is, never give up hope. Hope springs eternal. The two, remember the story of Luke 24, and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, their heads are downcast, and they didn't even notice Jesus came alongside of them. He didn't reveal himself just yet. And they're, and, 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 and they're talking, and he said, and Jesus said to them, why are you sad? And what are you talking about when you're walking along the road? Because they weren't talking about how great things were. They were talking about how bad things were. And the guy, and one of the disciples said to Jesus, but we had hoped. They had lost their hope. You cannot lose your hope. Look at that daughter. Look at that son. Look at your mother. Look at your uncles. You cannot lose your hope. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Never lose your hope. In the next service, I'm going to talk a little bit about my hope and my family, what God did for my family. Are you with me? Did you enjoy the war today? Did you receive it? Look, you may be here today. I'm going to ask you two things. You may be here today, and you're going to say, Robert, I want to build for the saving of my family. I want to be the one. I'm going to be the, 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 the solitary in the family. Slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. Come on. Be honest. Yeah. Every hand should be up, by the way. But Father, I just pray. I pray, Lord, that these simple few words that I've shared this morning will penetrate the heart of every person here today. Lord, they will walk out of this place builders, building an ark for the saving of our family, putting the plank in one at a time. I thank you for them. And Father, I pray that we will see the result. We'll see the harvest. Well, I'll be hearing reports from Pastor Philip about this one got saved and that one got saved. And this one got healed. and this, They're coming to church. And Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. And everybody said, the second thing I want to do is everybody bow your heads. You may be here today. You may be a visitor. You've never never taken Jesus into your life, into your heart, never accepted Jesus, or you may have at one time, and, and perhaps you've lost your way somehow, and you're going to say, Robert, I want to get back to knowing Jesus. It's the first step you can take to be a builder for your family. You be that one. If you're here today, and you're in either one of these two categories, Robert, I want Jesus in my life. Robert, I've, I've lost my way, but I'm going to come back. I want to come back. Slip your hand up. Well, every head is bowed and every eye closed. Let me see that. Who'll be number one? Slip it right up. Yes, amen. Who'll be number two? Number, amen. Who'll be number three? Yes, amen. I see that. Can I hear a name? Who'll be number four? Slip it up so I can see it. Yes, you can put your hand down now. I see it now. Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every, every hand that was up. Lord, you're, that's a step of faith they're taking to receive you, to get back on track 
And Father, from this day forward, I just let's let everybody repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Cover me with your precious blood. And help me from this day forward to live for you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, there's a new name written down in glory. Amen.